0: all right, welcome to Chris and Craig show here on the Ohio One Podcast. We're excited to have a, a singer with us, um, Christian singer John Waller. John, thanks for coming on. I know we were struggling uh, scheduling-wise, but I'm glad we have you on. How are you today?
2: Hey, I'm doing great, man. I'm glad we finally worked it out. Fantastic. John, I got to ask, where are you at tonight?
0: Um, I'm looking outside, and it's rainy. I'm very jealous. It looks very nice,
2: peaceful here outside. It's very sunny here. Um, I live uh, just south of Atlanta, Georgia. Fantastic. Yeah, a little town called Sonoya. Okay. uh, What we're famous for is uh, a show about zombies. Really? The Walking Dead. Oh, Okay which is filmed right here in town. Awesome. Now,
0: yeah. do you see it that much? Like, do they, Like, is it common to see filming happen? I mean, I'm sure not oh, filming. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. In fact, right downtown, um, which is just a mile from here, um, they have, uh, you know, a studio in a town that's behind a big steel wall, which, you know, you see that on the show as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so people are, you know, their tourists come from all over. To try to get a you know get a glimpse of them filming, so yeah. it's pretty cool. Now being a resident there, I, I don't know. My dream
0: is I want to be an extra in a movie. I, I I think I can't be a Hollywood star anymore. I'm 46. It's that time's come and gone. But are are they picking people off in the community? Like if you're bored one day, can you be an extra? Can you be in the background?
2: I, I, do they allow you to do that? You know I think so. Um, well, I know for this show in particular. Typically, the extras are uh, are zombies. So, oh, okay. I've heard that you have to go to zombie school. Really? Uh, whatever that means. <laughs> you got to learn how to walk and look like a zombie. So, you know, I don't. I got ten kids. I I got plenty of zombies around here. Oh yeah, and to go to school. I mean, I I want this to be a simple process
0: where you're like, hey, you know, the kids are at school. I got the afternoon free. Let me go down and be a zombie. Yeah, you know, I, I don't have to go to school for this. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> right. right. Me neither. I'm we're, done with school. We're here in the Ohio area. i got to talk to Craig about this because they're doing a movie up in the Mansfield area, which is here in Ohio. And they're like, hey, we're looking for people. It's kind of an independent movie and everything. But you have to go to class for that. And I'm not sure if that's how they make money because obviously you want some people to know what they're doing. You can't just have someone show up and you know think they can act at all. But I don't know.
1: Craig, I might need to check out that class. We'll have to talk about that later. Do they, they get paid to go to job, zombie school, John, or do you know? Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, they do. I don't, I don't know what they pay, um, but I know for the amount of hours in the work, I, I kind of doubt the pay is. <laughs> probably not worth it overall, but you're in the show,
1: and that's probably why people do what they do. And Right. That's probably Absolutely. worth it enough for them to, to be in the show rather than getting paid. So that makes sense. Right. Absolutely. Okay. It should,
0: should be an interesting experience. Well, I want to talk some music. I know um, you made some news a, a couple of weeks back uh, with a Father's Day song. And, you know, the emotional. Um, tell me about the Father's Day song that you recorded.
2: Well, it, it, we released it around Father's Day. Um wasn't necessarily a Father's Day song, but it, fits, it definitely mm-hmm. fits as a Father's Day song. because it's, it's called What My Father Does, and it's a duet with my 16-year-old daughter. Cool. Uh, and um, and it's basically the song is about the, the Heavenly Father, but it but it kind of, uh, you know, I think as a father, you know, I'm I'm looking to reflect the Heavenly Father and how I how I parent my children and love them. And and um, so it it's a beautiful song and it was really a, a privilege to get to, you know, to sing it with my daughter, who's quite amazing. Good, good. Now you have ten kids. What's that like? How how old are your kids? What's their range? Well, they range from twenty-four to two. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: <laughs> I gotta ask, was that a goal of yours? Like when you guys got married, were you like, All right, we're gonna have ten kids or did it just happen?
2: You know, um, we after our third Child, we thought we were done, and and then mm-hmm. we kept thinking we were done with each child that came after that. Yeah, um, and that's we had five. We were def we definitely thought we were done, and then we decided we felt the prompting to adopt, and so oh good good first adoption, and we adopted three siblings from Ukraine, and th- and that took us to eight, and then my wife got pregnant during the process of the adoption, that took us to nine and then you know just two years ago we had a, a an amazing surprise with our daughter um, Great. years old now
1: okay
0: well i feel better for your wife because adoption's fantastic i have one adopted kid we're in the process of adopting another kid but i felt bad for your wife if she had to give birth like 10 different times so I, wow. i'm glad you also adopted too <laughs> so.
2: yeah only seven, right? That's okay. Like funny. Well,
0: you know, I, I mean, it's we found this out from our family. You know, it's not only seven. You know, the adopted kids are just as much, you know, yours as anybody else. So, right? But, well, yeah, awesome. What a great story. Um, what do you think? How is it for music? I mean, you've been in the music business for a while. Obviously, no matter what we think about COVID, it's changed stuff. I mean, it's made music a little bit different and everything. How? How have you adjusted? Like, what's the strategy in saying, hey, this is a different time in life. How am I going to go about it? I, I know you're still putting out songs. Yeah. Are you
2: taking some time off? What's the strategy in approaching, like, this pandemic? That's a good question. Um, you know, COVID definitely changed things. Um, I was – I had gotten off the road at the end of 2017. I, we, we finished a a family Christmas tour. And uh, and then when 2018 rolled around, we felt like the Lord was leading us to get off the road. Yeah. So we moved out to California um, and I was a worship pastor Mm -hmm. out there. And um, we were there for exactly two years. Um, And when COVID hit, you know, we started feeling that desire to come back home. Yeah. Because that was a time where, you know, you wanted you wanted to draw near to your family and a lot of people couldn't mm-hmm. access their family, but you know, California is an interesting place. Um, it's beautiful, but it was, we were so far from our family. Yeah. And um, so we just felt like the Lord was prompting us to, to pick up and move right in the middle of a pandemic. And that was a crazy, a crazy move, but it was a, but it was something he was leading us to do. And, and we stepped out in faith and, and God provided. And so, you know, I decided at that point I was going to start, I'd been writing songs out in California and I decided I wanted to record again. Um, But I haven't done much touring uh, and I'm fine with it. Uh, I've done enough touring to last me for a lifetime. Um, My wife, you know, with her business, which she's at, you know, she stays at home and she does her business online and she provides for, you know, you know more income for us than we've ever had in our life so i'm at a place in this in in this season where i don't have to go out and tour but i'm still making music good Uh, if the opportunities arise and then you know i'll take them as they come but it's not a situation of i have to get back on the road so i can pay the bills which a lot of artists are in that place you know it's like I, i got a tour so i can pay the bills i'm not in that position which is a blessing
0: yeah, I was telling Craig. It's amazing. Um, and we're here in a big city here in Ohio. It seems like it's a golden era of music. Man, if you want to see a concert, I mean, I, I saw my first concert, I guess, since COVID started last Friday. And it was a decent name act. And it was a real small club in Columbus. So uh, what I'm saying is there's so many more people performing where used to be maybe in a city there's like one or two concerts. Man, Columbus is probably eight or nine on Friday, Saturday night. It's amazing how many different wow. people are out there. And for what you said, you know, people feel like, hey, you know, got support. You know, I got to get out there and do it. So,
2: right? Yeah. What's well, it's? it's uh, I think a lot of artists are really nervous right now you mm. know, because there's just so much. Uh, there's a lot of talk of, you know, are we going to lock down again? Is this yeah. You know, it's just crazy, and um, you know, it's. It's, it's scary, and I really feel for, for guys who, you know, are dependent on, you know, touring to pay their bills and support their family. Um, but the thing about it, you know, as a believer, you know, I, I, I've i kind of come to the place where I realize that if God doesn't provide the music, he'll provide through something else, and, and that's yeah. the way I live, I live my life. Um, yeah. I kind of gave up the idea that I'm the provider, you know, because he is. and Right. Um, so anyway, that's just my two cents.
0: Yeah, and you're right. My heart goes out to these musicians too because I think it's so tough. I mean, like, they, I, I, I'm not sure if you heard of Mike Mains. I went to see Mike Mains in the Branches over the weekend. And it was interesting. Um, it was hard to get ready for that concert because the venue kept changing the world. Just because, you know... Covid, they're still trying to figure out what to do with Covid. So the venue was like, "All right, you need to bring your cards now, and you need to bring your mask and everything." And obviously, you know, they're trying to be safe. I get that, but it's kind of hard to follow, keep track of, because obviously you got
2: a lot more than just figuring out what you need to bring to a concert on a a Friday night. So right, right, totally.
0: Yeah, very good. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's the same here. You know, like in Atlanta, uh, we were trying to to go to a concert in October. And, and um, of course now they're, they're, they're saying, you know, you got to have, you know, proof of vaccination. And even with that, you got to wear a mask. It's like, it just, it's getting so old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm neutral.
0: How I feel politically. I, we don't want to get in the, the political side, but it's, I got to say, when I went in that venue, there was room for 75 people. I was going to talk to Craig about this a little bit later. And they checked our vaccination cards, but it was a dark room. So they sold the card, and they weren't checking our name. So, you know, I was joking my friend. He probably could have brought my wife's vaccination card, and they wouldn't have checked the name that well. And the other thing, a lot of people took their mask off when they got in. And, again, I don't fault that or blame them. I just get nervous. I don't want to get sick because I'm not in the best of health and I don't want to end up at a ventilator. So I kind of hung out in the back with the sound guy. I knew the sound guy and I felt better. So, Hey, make personal choices. It's all good. So there you go. Hey, I want to make sure I want to monopolize conversation. Uh, Craig, you got a question for John?
1: Yeah. You know, we're talking about COVID and um, you know, obviously that's kind of put a damper on some people touring, but you know, as a writer and someone that likes the writing process, from your perspective, has COVID given you an opportunity to write more, to find new things to write about, to, like you said, you know, you have to do well with your daughter. Um, has it sort of opened up opportunities for you to to maybe write more, or at least maybe in this case, work with your uh, family on some songs?
2: It has. It really has. And um, you know, this is um, we're you know, I, I was va- vaguely familiar with uh, Zoom. Yeah. Before COVID, and then now Zoom is a is, you know, it seems like we do we do Zoom for everything. Right? Yeah. So I've I've written quite a bit with guys, you know, on Zoom, and that's been really cool. And um, you know, the whole COVID thing, um, you know, the, with all the negatives, there's a lot of positives too. Yeah. I, I I feel like my family and I, like, like we were so busy and always going and going different directions. And I feel like what it did is it brought us closer, you know, sure. and not, not that we would wish a pandemic on ourselves or anyone else, but you know, my, one of my life verses is, uh, Romans eight twenty eight that the guy works all things together for mm-hmm. the good of those who love him. And, and and that's what I saw out of, out of COVID is that it was just a new way of doing things, right. but that it, it really allowed us to slow down as a family and to, you know, I, I, I did get off a lot of opportunities to, you know, to really pour into my children, to work with them. And, uh, my oldest son is an incredible writer and producer and, and I've cool. he's actually done some producing for my new project and, you know, I just, he was in a, before that he was in a rock band and he was always gone and, and, the, and the COVID thing kind of brought that season of his life to an end and, and, and we've really bonded and gotten closer. So there's a lot, a lot of good stuff has come out of that, you know, but the answer to your question, yes, I, I have written more because um, I've had the time to do it. Sure. Yeah.
1: How much more, I mean, how, how fun or. Was it fun, stressful working with your, uh, with your family on projects, working with your daughter on the duet? I mean, what's it like to, to do a, a song with a family member?
2: It, it was really cool for me because like in California, when I was a worship pastor out there, I would, you know, my daughters would, you know, lead worship with me. And I really kind of saw them blossom in their, in their gift and their talent. Um, So I was, I always, I knew I wanted to to record with them and do something with them. Um, So it it really was just the right time. Um, And it was, it was fun. Um, My daughter, Sophie is amazing. I have have another song coming out with my 20 year old daughter uh, and that song releases uh, in September Um, and it's a worship song, but you know, she is just as good as my sixteenth year. They're all really good. Yeah. So it's kinda cool to um you know just kind of empower them to you know to step into their their season and their gift. Yeah, it was never a friendly to scream
0: like, oh Dad, I can't believe you <laughs> you put that line together or something. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean they there's moments where I I feel like they I mean I'm just their dad. So yeah. I'm not the artist to them. They don't care. You know, they're not impressed with anything I've accomplished. Or, I mean, they respect me, and they, you know, so there are moments when I feel like I'm just, I'm not cool enough.
0: i <laughs> well, doing this with them. i, I got to say, I'm jealous. Obviously, I don't have the singing talent and ability that God gave you that you have. But, you know, I think I could sing a little bit. and I, I try <laughs> to sing something. I ask my nine year old can they sing? And, you know, she's not the best talker, but she comes back, no. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so at least your daughter's going to understand you could sing. So that's good. <laughs> that's a fun recap. Um, I wanted yeah. to ask, the, the song, when we think about John Moore, I think about the while we're waiting uh, about marriage, you know, that you wrote a while back. Yeah. Um, it was featured on that Fireproof movie of Kirk Cameron. Did you get to meet Kirk? I don't know if.
2: Yeah. I got to. I got to. Do a few things with him, events with him. Uh, but the first time I watched, you know, was a, it was a screening of Fireproof. I got to sit next to him, uh, and so it was really cool. And and Alex Kendrick was on one side of me, and and uh, Kirk Cameron was on the other side. That was a cool moment. The thing I love about Kirk, I don't, I got to meet him before. I don't always grip every single thing
0: he says. No more genuine of a person i it struck me um I take it for granted you get to talk to fun you know people through the years, and my wife is a teacher, she doesn't get to do that, and he wanted to meet my wife because my wife was late to meet us. that was an in person interview, and I joked with him, I say, hey, my wife kind of liked you from growing pains. He went and found her after like he preached at this um Christian music uh venue. And he went, and he found her, and he sat down and talked to her and while a lot of other people wow. were waiting and it just wow. it meant a lot to my wife and again, it was just some t v actors she liked as a kid, but the care and attention she he made to make her day just really i sat and
2: say, "Hey,, you know, what a good guy so yeah, he really is he i mean, which is so rare for somebody mm-hmm. that who have experienced the success he's had and um to be that real and genuine, and just that passionate about, you know, the kingdom of God, because yeah. it's that's way more important to him than anything, and yep. uh, and it really shows in everything he does.
0: And, and I love too how he he got his relationship back. I, I know for a while, him and his growing pains co-stars, so they we weren't talking as much, but it's nice that they've gotten back together. I, I, I'm a Kirk like Kirk Cameron guy. I just say I I'm not sure by everything he ever says, but as a person, which is most important as a person, I really uh, respect him. So very yeah, good. So Thank what's you. next for John Baller? I mean, I don't, I'm i so jealous. I'm looking at you. You're comfortable. You got the family around you. Uh, is a nice big tall glass of lemonade. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But, well, what's next for you professionally? What are you working on next? Uh, you're doing that song, but is there any ever plans you got in the next few months? Yeah. Or um,
2: I I'm, I'm finishing up a, a Christmas song as well that I'm gonna cool. we're gonna put out first of November and um, yeah I, I love Christmas and um, and this is a uh, this is a fun song you know Great. I kind of reference some uh, some of my favorite Christmas movies in the song oh and whoa it, yeah. it's a playful fun you know just a feel good song. What what, what's your favorite Christmas movie? I gotta ask you that since you mentioned (laughs) it. I have a lot of them. Um, Okay. It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. The Family family Man. Uh, Okay. Of course, I love Christmas Vacation. Yeah, I've been watching them (laughs) since high school. I've been scratching my head if you didn't say that one. My favorite is probably Elf, though. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very good. Uh, You know, I love uh, Ferrell in it, but. Bob Newhart. I, I've been watching more Bob Newhart recently, and what a treasure! Bob Newhart, you know, oh, played yeah. the head guy
2: in there too. And Absolutely, man, he's amazing.
0: Yeah, I think he's in his nineties. I heard him on a podcast recently, and he's so funny.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm mid forties. I could barely put a sentence together, and Bob Newhart's just, <laughs> you know, very comedic, very great. You know, in the nineties, so very good choice. Well, we'll look forward to hearing that, and. John, how can people connect you on social? We'll, we'll link to it on the podcast, but in case people want to stay connected with you in the next few months and yeah. so
2: Yeah, it's on Facebook. It's Facebook, you know, backslash John Waller. Okay. Um, and uh, John Waller, at John Waller Official. Okay. Um, Instagram and also on uh, TikTok. And I think that's it. Um, I'm I'm not really active on Twitter other than seeing what's going on in the world, Yeah, <laughs> but no, I'm not too active. I'm not, a am not, I'm not a tweeter so much.
0: People call me boring on social media. I'm, I share a lot, but I'm sharing my podcast. I'm sharing. Uh, I work for USA today networks. So I share stories. I write for them and that's about it. I, I I'm, I connect way too many people to share family pictures. And I'm, I don't know. I, I'm tired of giving my opinions on stuff around the world because yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just it, it's it's been a long
2: year, I'll <laughs> put it that way. So it's been a long it year. Has. Yeah, I think soon we'll be saying it's been a long two years. <laughs> oh yes.
0: Well, I mean actually it's probably been a long 20, twenty, thirty years, but hey, that's another story <laughs> for another day. So all right. Well John, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Boy, enjoy that weather. I I'm looking outside I'm in my work office and I'm seeing uh, heavy rain coming outside. And I'm, uh, man, I want to go to Georgia tonight. I, I can't get there in time,
2: but man, it, it's just really nice. It's been really yes. hot though, so it feels good right now. Okay. Uh, of course, you guys got some really cold weather to look forward to. Yes. Yes. So.
0: Ohio—it's funny. It gets real cold in the winter and real hot in the summer. Nothing yep. in between. So. Yep. Nothing in between. Nothing. Oh wow. Well. Hey, well, we got a counter and enjoy what we have. Well, John, thanks again for uh, coming on. Love to have you back. And and just thanks again. Have a great night, hey, buddy. Chris. Thanks, John. Thanks,
2: Craig. Appreciate you guys.
0: All right. The great John Waller. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> it, it's always good to have um, new guests on. And it was great to have um, John. Um, man, Craig, yeah, there's guests we have on a lot, and it's. Always needs to try new guests. I was impressed.
1: Yeah, it's It's always fun to talk to people, learn their, you know, sort of their history, and, you know, maybe learn a little bit more about them. If you don't know, maybe you know them in passing, maybe you've seen them on TV or listened to a song. It's always fun to connect and meet new people.
0: I've never heard John speak in person. I've heard a couple of his songs, and he's a Southern guy. You can tell that, and yeah. Well, which is cool. And, I didn't realize The Walking Dead was filmed down there. I'm not I, did not, some-
1: I did not know that. I know that Atlanta has become a uh, a hotbed for, for film and television, much like Ohio has, because they have good tax credits and all that good stuff down there like we do. And they've got, uh, I know Tyler Perry, um, from all of the th- things that he's made, he's got a big production studio down there that he does a lot of stuff in. So I knew that, but I did not know about The Walking Dead. So yeah, one little tidbit there.
0: Yeah, yeah, very, very interesting, very interesting. So, well, hey, we got some extra time. Um, I wanted to kind of go over a couple things that's been happening in the news lately. Yeah. Um, kind of interesting. I I feel bad. It's been a crazy week. Um, there's stuff going on at work. Just a busy time home for family. Uh, Craig and I are working on some other things that you know we can't talk about online. Uh it's it's been nuts, Craig. Uh so what I wanted to do is um I do another show with um Paul Yanchek and Joe Frost. Wanted to bring up a couple things we're gonna be talking about later, but it's Craig, you're you're a different person, you'll probably have a different perspective on some of these things. I'm sure Paul and Joe would. Um, last week I got fascinated. Um, well, let's actually start out with this one. Um, interesting story that happened last week that I, I got to cover for the Akron Beacon Journal um there was a guy who gave a message um his name's tim he said hey listen it's over we want to break up now there's things we're still working on um i can't talk online about some of the stuff that's happening support local journalism check out the story uh, but what i wanted to bring up uh, we're hearing some things that might be legit um and again craig conversation for offline here's the question i'm scratching my head over so in the story I wrote, it said for five bucks, you can put a message on the board. Okay, you know, Craig, you're married. Say you take your wife to a game. Happy anniversary, honey. I love you or something. Right. Yeah, you know, That's a good yeah, message. Yeah. Or, man, I'm Craig and I write. You know, check out me on the Fremont News Messenger. I mean, hey, that might be nice. You can do a yeah. little plug for yourself or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or you might say, boy, I'm a big Rubber Ducks fan. Go Rubber yeah. Ducks. That's great. But Makes when... Sense. The thing that bugged me, and we actually have Jack Haynes coming on the etc. show later tonight from a rubber deck. So I want to ask him about this. What scratches my head is he says they don't check IDs. So when I wrote that story, the big question is, hey, was this kind of a fun prank that you did with the team? Is it real? Is it legit? He said, hey, it's real. We don't check IDs. And, hey, it's kind of one of those goofy stories that made viral news, you know breaking and trending news. And I guess other than, yeah, kind of weird that a relationship ended, what's then to stop, what won't they accept? I mean, what if I said, Craig, you're a dummy or something? Or what if I said, you know, Craig's the worst reporter of all time? And people could do that. It's five bucks. Yeah, I'm wondering, and that's the question I want to tonight. I, I guess that's the thing that bothers me about this whole thing.
1: That's a slippery slope. I mean, I guess first and foremost, if you have five bucks laying around, you could probably do something better than break up with your girlfriend on a scoreboard. I'm assuming that he believes that she was either at the game or was going to find out from either seeing it there or a friend or whatever. Or may- I, Can you imagine now, let's say, for instance, they went to the game together and he just wanted to do it right then and there, and he's like, okay, look at the scoreboard, lady. And she sees it and is like, What? I, I don't know. There's too many unanswered questions, and too many. Why did you know if you're if you want to break up with her, why not just break up with her? I, I guess, uh, you know, I almost wonder if it's like part trolling, like maybe it's not real, like it's real as in it was submitted to the Akron Rubber Ducks, but maybe it's not real in the sense that he was just joking to see if you know something could go through the scoreboard, you know, without being checked.
0: Well, and some behind-the-scenes stories. Like honestly, Craig, I need to talk about off there. Um, there's not a lot I could say on there, but right. I, I will say, yeah, like my wife. Like we'll watch a movie. There, there was a movie, um, uh, actually, a movie with um, Su- Susie uh, uh, Su- Susie Thomas, one of my friends from college. Uh, She's a uh, PR director of Malone. The university. Her son produced a movie. I, I didn't get a chance to watch her son's movie. And I showed it to my wife last night. And I can't get my wife to look at the screen at various points. She's on her phone or something. I'm like, hey, look at this scene. And she has not look on time. So you almost, if you're putting a message on, and let's leave old Tim Melissa out, out of it, even if you're saying happy anniversary to your wife, I mean, Craig, I would have a hard time getting my wife to look up at a certain point. You know, <laughs> Hey, look out here. You And she's like, look at her phone. I'm like, you missed I mean, it.
1: At this point, you would have to assume that by now she's figured it out because, like, okay, let's sure. say she wasn't at the game or a friend or family or, you know, maybe she works for the team. I, I have no idea how any of this makes any sense, like. It's kind of like those you know we you know you've seen them in movies where it's like oh I had this great skywriting thing to say I love you or whatever but you you weren't where you needed to be to see it or the Goodyear blimp had a message and you weren't there to see it. So how do we know that this woman even saw this message and again it goes back to the point of why not save the five dollars for something better and, and just if you want to break up then break up?
0: Yeah, and the other thing too is you're doing it publicly, so even if it didn't get picked up by local and national media, and it did. I mean, you found it out yeah. about from. I'm watching NFL Network, and they're talking about this on <laughs> NFL Network, I and mean, what the heck? And that's where yeah. I said, "Hey, we got to write something about this." So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's more of a story behind it that we'll have to talk about later, Craig. Okay. But it's very, very interesting to see what happens. I'm interested to see what kind of limitations because. Yeah, and you know a lot of people who comment on the story it did amazingly well online for us, was saying, "Man, why is the team allow this stuff?" Which,
1: yeah, I mean that, I that's probably not so bad, but I would think that they would at least vet things that they that come in Right. because you can't. I mean, this is one thing where it's you know maybe some people got a laugh out of it. It could have been like I said earlier a trolling moment where they just wanted to see if they could get it through and and whatever, but. You know, at the end of the day, what if someone writes something hateful or whatever on there and, and that it's doesn't so get looked at before and it gets thrown on there just willy nilly, that's that's where you get into some issues. So we'll see what happens. I'm I'm intrigued to see this story uh, kind of grow a little bit and see where it goes. And
0: have the talk after the <laughs> call? Uh, our podcast about
1: that. I feel 100%. like we need to have like a an ex like a deleted scene podcast or like a behind the scenes podcast one of these days of the off-the-air off the, uh, off the air stuff we talked about.
0: Well, here's the thing, Craig. We got a lot going on in life, man. I mean, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and, hey, I'll be honest with you. I mean, you know, we tape a lot of these beforehand. We were trying to even tape close to being live as possible. Right. Hey, life has gone busy. We're still committed to the podcast. We're not yeah. dropping the podcast. But you got to do it a little bit differently. We got stuff going on all over the place. So it, it, it's interesting. Nothing bad for listening to. It. It's just, you know, some stuff that's better not... Um, to talk about this on public forum. Yeah. So very good. Hey, um, was excited to see John Waller here on the show. I did forget to talk about our sponsors. So we're about halfway through uh, the show. So let's talk about our sponsors. Um, we are talking with other sponsors. It's been busy, Craig. That's why we haven't had other sponsors, but let's go to our two main ones. Uh, Chase bank. Look, it's COVID. No matter what you think about COVID and Craig, we got to talk about this later. 4,600 COVID Damn. cases in Ohio. Uh, biggest number since late January Hey You know Get vaccinated, make it better So, But however you ever feel about the politics of it Hey Find the easier banking solution for yourself Chase Bank, there's a lot of locations uh, You can go for the drive through But Chase is a great service Pay your bills online, do all of your banking online There's very little reason to go to the bank And that's why you should be a Chase Bank Member, if you haven't found a bank already Or if you take ticked at your bank a lot of people out there. Oh, I hate my bank. We'll we'll try Chase out. Um, if you're on our website, um, ChrisPewEdits.substack.com, you'll look at the, it there. Or if you're looking at it on a podcast provider, there's a link there. Click the link, sign up, attach a direct deposit. Uh, last summer I heard 225 bucks. It might be even more than that by now. Who knows? So you know, hey, we're giving you content. Uh, people like John Waller. Um, we're also taping a podcast. Our third time visit with Ohio Press Secretary uh, for the Governor Dan Tierney. You got great content and you got a way of saving money and getting money by becoming a member of Chase Bank. Uh, try it, Chase's work for me. We want it to work for you as well. And then also, Ashley Homestore. Craig, like I told you, my wife was on podcast two weeks ago with the guys from Etc. She got mad because I was talking about, hey, On football Sundays, your wife wants to take you outside football. She did not like that. That (laughs) that ad copy did not work well. I got yelled at during and after the podcast with that. (laughs) Um, But check out um, Chase Bank. It's good. Um, Yeah. Oh, but Ashley Home I'm sorry, Molly's actually calling on the line. We could (laughs) have her come on the podcast again. Whenever. But
1: you're reading about Ashley Furniture and going to footballs.
0: It's ironic she's calling at this particular time. But no, yeah, sorry, I'm getting distracted here. But Ashley home Homesore, look, you know, don't, don't blame on your wife like I did a couple weeks ago. Save yourself some time. And, you know, you go and look at a couch on your, um, you know, Ashley home Homesore, you're not sure how big your living room is and everything. Why not click the link on our website or the podcast provider, however you look at this page. And then just click on the actual home tour link. You'll get a coupon right away online. And then, even better than that, um, you can do your shopping from home. So if you're like, this couch is 10 feet wide, you can measure your wall. Say, great, It's going to fit right in this wall. You know where it's coming, and you can get it delivered to you. Look, the Delta variant is coming back. I hope it doesn't do more. But, again, with 4,600 COVID cases, Well, at the same time, do some of this crap at home that you would be doing elsewhere. So, try Ashley Home Store. It's a great service. So, um, yes, hang on a second. My wife is messaging me. I don't think she realizes I am on a podcast. So, oh, well. All right, let's get back uh, to what we're talking about the show. Uh, Something else happened last weekend. I was kind of weirded out by. Um, Facebook, they are, they're developing an app. Um, Hey, I I guess kudos to Mark Zuckerberg. He, he never gets bored. He's not sitting there saying, okay, we've done what we could. He's always working on new things. So they announced plans to develop an app for a VR app for your meetings, so, you know, we're in this uh, COVID era of Zoom calls through Microsoft Teams and everything. Well, what they're saying is instead of these boxes, like you see here, you can have a VR version of yourself around the table. Now, it's interesting. Um, we're not, we chose not to release this as a video podcast, so I guess it didn't matter what Craig and I wear, but you can make the VR wear anything you want to do. Because again, if you're on a video meeting, you want to look nice, right? You don't want to, you know, wear uh, holy underwear or whatever else gift would be. You don't want to be appropriate for the camera. Well, so I guess in these VR meetings, it is a virtual reality thing for yourself. So you can always put yourself in a suit or everything. But Craig, why is this needed? I'm, I'm confused.
1: Well, I mean, it. To me, it just sounds like an, an an additional money stream here of partnerships with uh, it looks like Oculus, uh, the right. VR the VR uh, software and uh, equipment. It, it just looks like it's a money grab from all angles, totally unnecessary. Um, the only way that I could really see this being interesting is if the VR encapsulates your entire body language. So you know how. Even though you can see people, you, you you may not be able to see other people, whatever it may be. The the biggest thing is sometimes people have body language that may or may not be inviting or may or may not be sort of what you're looking for in a response as opposed to, you know, maybe someone could, you know, be moving around or whatever it may be and, and just virtually be there. So I, I kind of wonder if, if maybe, if you could have your entire body be like mimicking what your movements are. So, if your, uh, you know, body language is, is sort of saying one thing while you're you're saying another, maybe. But other than that, I think this is completely and utterly useless for me. Well, and I'm thinking, you know, back to the why is it necessary standpoint. I mean, I'm
0: in anywhere from four to seven or eight meetings a day, depending on. What happens at work? Right. Well, we work for a large, large company. So if our company felt this was necessary or needed, and I've heard nothing to indicate that they're interested in this, I mean, if these things cost 200 bucks a piece, I mean, Craig, there's thousands of people in our company. I mean, I guess good for Facebook. They're getting yeah. tons of money off this.
1: That's another aspect of it. I don't know right. that. I don't know that. I mean, because, okay, well, what do you do? Do you have to buy it yourself? Does the company want to buy it? I mean, most companies don't have that kind of, especially larger companies, just are not going to want to foot the bill just for this little, fun, little niche of a, of a product, essentially, where you can be in a boardroom with everybody as opposed to just seeing a two-dimensional face on the screen. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a really, really tough sell, unless the by the time this gets rolling, maybe it's cheaper. To buy the virtual and maybe you don't need all the bells and whistles that other virtual reality sets you know have or need when you're playing games but now nah, this doesn't really make sense to me as much well and i think the other
0: thing is even a podcast like this particular one that we're just doing audio only it helps where i could see you. like you know yeah i just step out for a second um it helps that you see me i mean That it's hard to do it with a host that you can't see on camera at all, and I can see your facial reactions. I can see a bunch of stuff, right? I, I mean, I guess you might be able to see that with VR, but I just, I mean, the idea—I'm not missing sitting around a big boardroom table. I don't, and you know, through StreamYard for these podcasts and through Teams for work. Hey, you know, like John Waller said earlier. I mean, you hate to say it, but there's some good things about COVID. And I think COVID's taught us we can work easier.
1: Yeah. I, I almost wonder if, if this is like Facebook and Oculus's way to try to bridge sort of an older work generation with the new work generation. So you've got on the older side, a lot of people that have been in the industries for decades or several years or that are older are maybe more inclined to like that one-on-one human interaction that you can get when you're in the boardroom, even if there's 50 people in it versus the younger crowd who at at this point, some people are almost only used to working remotely now because of the pandemic. But, you know, some of the younger crowd is is maybe used to the the technology that's used. and, And maybe if you say, Hey, let's get together for a meeting, they can't even understand why you would say that when you could just do it on StreamYard, on Zoom, on Teams, on whatever. So I wonder if this is their way to try to bridge the gap, but I just wonder if it just doesn't mesh very well for me. It just doesn't seem like it, because I can see the the older crowd probably thinking, yeah, this is kind of getting us back into the boardroom without getting us back into the boardroom, but I just don't know that it's really going to jive together to, for, for, just From just my, from my perspective.
0: Well, as an employee, and also... As if if we put ourselves in the shoes like a purchasing manager for the large company we work with, I mean, you've got to say, make my life easier. Right. And if a product like that made your life easier, maybe cut down meeting times or, you know, if you're looking at from a finance standpoint, oh, it's going to save us this much money. Well, it's worth the cost. I'm not seeing any evidence of either one of that happening. Right. But why buy I mean,
1: it, you know? I think the, the, the remote work and, and maybe maybe they do this instead of having offices or something in the future where you don't have the physical space where you have no overhead costs, you don't have to pay for monthly, you know, bills and utilities and things like that. And maybe something like this would be an easy fix. I mean, I, I've always found the interesting question with all of this, and you know, there are some sites, you know, from specific places and, you know, some companies that don't have offices anymore, I'm kind of curious about if, if the company says you no longer have an office, are you required as a work from home person to supply your own internet, to, you know, pay for the things that you're going to have to use more in excess now that you're working from home? Now, maybe the trade-off that companies could say would be you're not driving as much or whatever, whatever that may be. But I've always kind of found that argument interesting, you know, on whether or not companies should have to foot the bill for your Internet access if they're telling you you're working from home now. Because if that's not something that's either, you know, discussed or put in a contract or whatever that you sign as a work agreement – is that really on you to have to supply your own internet? Now, most people have their own internet, yes, but what if you have to cut costs because of you know high prices of things and internet's the first thing to go because you can maybe manage without it? So I've always kind of been curious about that, work, work, from, home, that work from home situation. But honestly, it's a debate that you have to have, and this is where companies can save some money if they're not paying for extra services and extra bills and utilities. But I kind of wonder, though, does does an Oculus virtual reality meeting room, does it really make any kind of sense? Does it really matter in the grand scheme of things? At the same time, you're not moving in, you're not going into offices as much. I mean, but then is the debate whether or not are you going to have to put these these goggles on the entire day that you work are you able to you know work and see and and be able to just put the the goggles on your head or something and, and not have to look through it while you can still work so I think there's a lot of just unanswered questions about all of this and at the end of the day I just think it's a big money grab and it's kind of a worthless venture to have virtual reality meetings where you're three-dimensional instead of two-dimensional, where we can still see each other's faces. That's what my thought is. Well said, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have never heard
0: something that like great before. Uh, yeah, hey, we're all flexible. We're all home. I was legging a worker in, and we're, yes. I'm back, so we're good. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I don't know. I mean... Well, let me answer your question about internet. Did you ask about internet? I'm yeah. not sure what you said because I was letting somebody in. But um, on the internet point, I've been told over the past couple of years, because I have done work from home, even before I worked from home, I did a side job from home. And they're saying that you could take a lot off your taxes if you could prove oh, that your internet God. is used for work purposes. Okay. Because it's hard because if you say, hey, company foot my internet bill, then they could come back and say, all right, are you just using it for work purposes? Well, you know, you're probably streaming stuff at night, you're playing video games, whatever the else case might be. But that's kind of the go between then, just so you're not saying, Oh crap, I gotta put all my work on internet without getting money back from it. I mean right. you may not get money back from the company, but you get money back in terms of taxes if you can show that you're working from home. How do you show that
1: though? How how do you show that you work from home? I think from your
0: pay steps and I think companies understand that unless you're working like unless you work at the local gas station that you could say, Oh, you work for a company, you're probably working from home. You know what I mean? Right. I mean unless you say, Hey, you know, my work is at McDonald's, we're like, Well, wait a minute, unless you're in corporate, you're probably not right Right. getting McDonald's from home. So Okay. Good point. Now I don't know though, because since a lot more work has been done at home over the past year or two than it's ever had in the past maybe that'll change and maybe they'll change the tax law because i mean how many people can claim stuff like that now
1: but- yeah well i remember last year the big debate among many people in ohio was you know are we going to have to pay you know these tax these gas taxes and you know all this extra you know infrastructure and all these other taxes like for instance you know I live in Sandusky. I work in Fremont, so that means that I pay the city of Fremont to work there. Well, I haven't been working there. I haven't been driving on their roads. People that you know work from home are not driving on the roads they normally would to go in Columbus or Cleveland or Cincinnati or wherever. So I know there's been a huge debate about that as far as you know, should you be paying? For that when you're not really doing it. You know, I mean, yeah, there's ten there's times where I go over to Fremont. I went there today to to cover the Cyndusky County Fair. So yeah, there are times where you're going over there, but it certainly is not the five days a week that it used to be pre-pandemic.
0: Well, and same thing here. I mean, technically my home base would be Columbus. So I'm working in the same town. Right. But you know, technically I'm working for Fremont. I'm working for Akron. I'm working for Canton, I'm Cincinnati and it does create a slippery slope. And when we were doing the daily talking more news stuff, we were following that. And I could tell you without getting back into that vein of how we're doing the podcast, um, it is interesting to see how that's progressing. Yeah. So,
1: man, my, my house is a three circus night,
0: right? The <laughs> doors opening and closing.
1: Uh, no what? It's not my dogs. Cause they, uh, yeah. They'd be going nuts right now. They were going nuts last week. My wife was out of town all week with her family and uh I had to take care of the two of the three dogs and they just they did not like being away from me. So every time I came into work in the office it was like everybody was going crazy. Yeah, it's very nice for the podcast. Um
0: you know, pulling the curtain back a little bit. Um last week, you know, Craig had some stuff going on. I had some family stuff going around. So we had to adjust every podcast we did. So I love the fact of doing all podcasts in one night. Last week I did like four different nights of different. <laughs> I had to shuffle everything around. Yeah. So it, it does make for a long night tonight. But back to the marathon of podcasting. So yeah. Great. yeah, so I'm on podcast two of five. Okay. I'm awake right now right. At the end of five we get a little goofy. But we'll, yeah. so we'll see what happens. Uh, the other thing I thought this is kind of fun here in the Ohio area, um, there was a, um, in Millersburg around that area, we have a lot of cheese places. Kind of what the Amish do, somebody spilled, it was like 40,000 pounds of
1: cheese
0: on the road. How horrible is that?
1: Uh, Well, you know, I'm not a big Swiss fan, so I'm not gonna, I mean, it's horrible for the company and it's horrible for the people that have to clean it up, but, uh. You know, I, I I was reading that story and I kept thinking to myself, I wonder if it was like really hot out, and then at oh, that no, point you have really like good. the world's largest fondue. You know, maybe yeah. you could, uh, you know, passersby could go dip a piece of uh, you know crusty bread in there and maybe grab a, a snack on their way to on the work road. Thing, you know, yeah. On the road, yeah. Well, it, it would be deep enough to where you wouldn't get the. Oh yeah, forty thousand pounds, like weight. disgusting asphalt. You know, at a certain point, yeah, you don't want to. Scrape pavement or dirt, but uh, you know, on on top, you'd probably have a an edible layer of cheese if it melted in the hot sun.
0: We'll we we'll get into more details about this during the show, but I was going to bring up this is Gigglesburg cheese if I if I have the company name right. Um, but uh, my wife and I have spent some you know, hey, getting away for her and I time in the Millersburg area, and she likes looking at the stores, so I i humor her we'll go to the store for an hour or two a day then we'll go back to our cabin but um we checked out one of the cheese places it was called heinie's what what worse name could you come up with a cheese place in heinie's um yeah, we'll,
1: yeah. We'll, we'll
0: we'll have to post again probably one of the stranger podcasts we did i gave my review of heinie's and the more I talked about Heine's, it seemed like I was talking about a strip club because, you know, you wait <laughs> outside for a while. You know, it's a little hot out there. People get grumbly. And you go in, you can check some cheese out.
1: You know, Heinies okay. and everything. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? You'll never forget that name. So that's, that's right. why they're called Heinies. You know?
0: And, you know, it's, it's a poor Amish family. Um, my favorite part of the episode was, yeah you find a picture to highlight the episode, and probably this one will probably have a picture of John Waller singing or whatever um <laughs> there was a picture of an Amish guy crowd surfing and it was like an Amish guy <laughs> at some festival crowd surfing, and that was a picture. it was so much fun and I, I, I I felt bad it's not the high I think it's the name was Heine. so I mean you know. Yeah. It's unfortunate name, but you know the family's trying to do the best they can, and this big headed zilch like me is like all making fun of them. So I feel bad. (laughs) It's been tough. That happens. It does. It does. Well, thanks for your patience with us for this podcast. I'm a little behind in uploading stuff. I think um, Craig gave me a Bob Garver show, and and guys. Bob Garver is on our list of guests to invite on one of these shows that we do. Didn't make it. You know, we got the great Dan Tyranny coming up about 15 minutes. But, um, you, you know, hey, we got to get Bob Garver on and his mom. See, that's the thing. <laughs> we got to get his mom on. And for the magic of stream guard, even though his mom lives in Pennsylvania. Craig, you would never forget it. Um, I had one appearance when I used to do the Bob Garver show with movies. Uh, Bob was at his mom's house in Pennsylvania. And I kept urging her to come on. She finally came on at the end, and it was golden. It was just beautiful. So yeah, we gotta make this Bob Garver thing happen sometime the next few weeks or so yeah, so.
1: yeah, He had a he had a rough week at the movies last week. He saw the uh, pa- the Paw Patrol movie and uh, oh. the new Hugh Jackman movie Reminiscence, and it was not good. But he did like the Protege. So definitely okay. give a listen to the uh, Bob Garver uh, you know reviews. Uh, a lot of fun stuff and. You know, even even when there's not a large slate of new new releases, he and I like to do uh, top five lists of various topics and movies. So there's always something fun to to talk about with Bob.
0: Well, Bob be like our, our friend George Thomas. You can yeah, say no. Yeah. George is like, hey, I'd rather take a few weeks off and then be going to Paw Patrol. Well, I, George <laughs> also covers the Cleveland Browns, and obviously it's a busy time
1: for the NFL. But you yeah. know, yeah, hey, George stands yeah. up. Yeah, I know. I've, I've, I've been I mean, it If I'm missing it, I'm sure everybody else out there is missing. Uh, you know, not uh, hearing uh, some of the words of wisdom from George. But <laughs> thankfully, next week we'll be back with George, and uh, you know, we'll we'll kick it back off. We'll, I guess we'll call it a new season of uh, of the show with George because uh, we're going to kick it off with a big, huge Marvel release and Shang Chi. So we're excited. To, uh, I'm excited to hear his take on that and see. Uh, if the Marvel cinematic universe is still going strong after Black Widow earlier this year and uh, now Shang-Chi. So very excited to hear his take.
0: We may actually <laughs> we may actually have to have George on sometime. Not to talk about maybe we'll say, dude, we're not gonna talk about journalism, we're not gonna talk about movies. Um were you on that podcast where George admitted his
1: favorite band in high school some heavy metal band? For some, I, yeah. no, I, I did not you know i did yeah, not. I don't think you're on that one it stunned me, you oh. know what though? I've learned a lot about George, he's got some eclectic taste, oh um, yeah, you know, like i w- I remember we were talking about animated movies, and I thought, okay, you know this is an old grizzled you know journalist and a movie reviewer, he probably has no soft spot for most you know most animated features. He has like minion tic tacs from way back when Despicable Me came out. Yeah. He's got like you know we talked about Space Jam. He's got Bugs Bunny paraphernalia. He could just grab it right from the show on his desk, and he was grabbing this stuff and showing it to me. You know what, George? George likes a lot of a lot of different stuff. So that's and that's what I think makes him a great critic is that he doesn't just focus himself onto one thing and say, well, I hate everything else except for X, Y, or Z. He likes, and i I like to follow this mantra as well. if it's good, I'll like it. I don't care if it's a comedy, an action movie, a horror movie, a whatever movie if it's if it's well crafted, if it's well made, if it hits what it needs to do, I will like it, even if it's not my favorite genre or whatever so and I think he's kind of of that mindset too, where you like what you like and that can be a very uh, you know a very amount of things. There's just a lot of layers
0: to the onion. And yeah. I'm saying this with all love. I mean I'm not ripping yeah, George no. and Bob. I'm saying it because I love both of them. They're great. Yeah, but yeah. there's some layers we gotta uncover. You know, we gotta get beyond the uh, – well, I mean, one of the layers is why is Bob going to watch Paul Patrol? I know he's a reviewer, I know <laughs> right, what he right. says, but
1: yeah. come on, Bob, say no. You know, the biggest thing I've learned about Bob over the time that we I've been with him here on the show is he is a big fan of Austin Powers and i would have never thought that bob would be a fan of Austin Powers not that he you know not that i'm not a fan of it it's just you know bob's a tough guy to please honestly he's he's really hard on movies and that's a good thing you know he's a stern critic you know but he you know we did our i did first came out when we talked about our favorite movie villains and number 1 on his list was Dr Evil from the Austin Powers movies and, you know, we've talked about Austin Powers and subsequent lists as well. And, you know, that was one thing that I never would have pegged Bob as as you know, being an Austin Powers fan. But he is. And that's fun. Is he a single guy? I, you know, I don't know. See, the see everything. He's yeah. a man of mystery. He's a man you of mystery. He is. Yeah, he's. We he don't know like if he's single. He's the international man of mystery, Bob Garber.
0: He could be a polygamist. Maybe he has four wives. I don't know. I mean, you, know, you just never know. I mean, oh, man. We we got hey, you I, always, enjoy- I always
1: enjoy talking to him, though. He's always a lot of fun, and uh, it's it's fun to to listen to him talk about movies. He's the he's point. very blunt and to the point.
0: Yeah, nothing against Bob. We might be the only ones who enjoy a, a long interview with Bob, but I, I think if he comes on, other people will enjoy it as well.
1: Yeah, I think great. so we'll get no, we'll, it one of these days
0: but, but we gotta get Bob's lawnmaker appearance maybe not for the whole hour but maybe well, maybe i'll be one, for five minutes
1: so man, maybe it'll be one of those we'll ask him if he's interested with a, a you know a four-way box here going on with me and you and, and him and his mom talking about whatever what was what was bob like growing up was he yeah was he obsessed with Austin powers after he first saw it because that's one of the first movies he has kind of recalled as being one of his favorite movies, so it's it's kind of a, it'd be fun to, to talk a little bit about uh, Bob's childhood growing up in a little uh, four screen box like the Hollywood Squares almost.
0: I, I'm okay with. I mean, Austin Powers, Martin's childhood. Let's movie talk. I want, I want, yeah, like you know, Bob's in New York. Could we sell a series? I mean, yeah, like you know, they sold Sex in the City about you know. Uh, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker being a columnist, you know, Bob's a columnist in New York city.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he lives uh, in Harlem. I mean, how cool.
0: He lives in Harlem. Oh, he lives in
1: Harlem. Yeah. Oh my goodness.
0: Cool. Uh, I've got to hear about that. So, yeah, we said, Bob, look, you got your weekly movie show, but you're coming on. You're talking about your life in New York. You're, you're growing up.
1: Bob in the city or something or oh. Bob in Harlem
0: in Harlem, Bob <laughs> <laughs> on showtime this yeah.
1: wouldn't it be fun to ask him you know, like you know i mean he grew up in pennsylvania and you know he went to new york university for school but you know what's what's the difference you know what you know did he i'm, I'm assuming he grew up in rural pennsylvania but you know how is it different living in harlem is it uh, scary living in the big city kind of thing and it's a big city I think it'd be kind of fun. But, um, yeah. so I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think we can get Bob and his mom on one of these days. Maybe, maybe next time he's on vacation and he goes to see his mom, maybe that's when we can get them both, you know? Well, as long as he,
0: she can click a link. I mean, Hey, yeah, we got magic. I mean, you know, we can make this happen. Bob's mom can be in PA, Bob can be in New York. Heck, we do this all the time can, for Fremont can... Columbus.
1: It could spawn a, uh, you know, a spin off series, you know, Bob's Mom or something.
0: Hey, we're always looking for new shows. Yeah. And if you're sitting there going, why are they talking about this Bob? And we have no idea who it is. Trust me, he's very. Bob, Bob how do I say this? And again, if Bob's listening, I don't want him to get upset. He's delightfully eccentric. Can we say that? Is yeah. that? Is that.? That's. Yeah. That's a compliment. Yeah, I think
1: Delightfully so. Delightfully
0: yeah. eccentric. And I mean, I love the eccentricness
1: of Bob. If you, if you don't know who Bob is, you have, we have links after links after links of shows yes. with Bob reviewing movies. So go yeah. out and, and look him up. It
0: should be fantastic. All of
1: our podcasts. All right. Well, uh, we we got to
0: prep for another <laughs> uh, podcast three of, of the Crispy Marathon. Uh, whoa. So let's close this up. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks for John Waller. Hey, pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed uh talking to him. Uh check out our sponsors, Ashley Home Store and uh Chase Bank. And we'll be back we'll be back with another podcast. Keep checking us out. Have a good Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast, based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend Byron Macaulay.